It is. We are streaming live. And there we go. Bam. Just as soon as we said that with all this chaos, there it goes. Bam. Good morning, everyone. It is <gasps> Triumph Tuesday. Are you triumphing over something? So far, this trio right here, we've been triumphing. <laughs> Trying to go live, but good morning, everyone. This is Carol Sue, aka Nani Boss, Lady Canna, live sitting in a car. You betcha, I'm in the pickleball parking lot with two sisters. Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Janice, aka Wellness Diva 3.0. And obviously, today is Triumph Tuesday, and we are so excited, and we're just going to dive on, on into it. And you know what? I just want to say that. The bandwidth today, okay, <laughs> we're wreaking a little havoc with us. Let me tell you something that will never stop the two sisters. We find a way around it. So without further ado, I would love to welcome Holly Hughes to our podcast. Holly has a book coming out, I believe, toward the end of February called Real Not Perfect. And we are so excited. Congratulations and welcome to the Two Sisters podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here this morning. And I love your attitude about everything bandwidth, whatever glitches, because that would fluster me. And I love how cool and calm and easygoing you all are. It's amazing. Well, thank well, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, and that's part, part of it. We love being authentically us with all the, the bumps and the bruises. And we're super pumped to share all your knowledge, everything that you're excited about and telling our audience and our listeners really what's going on in your life. Tell us kind of where you came up with this idea of this book. And we are so excited. Platformers, your girlfriend, let's go. Woohoo! all just all mine. Okay. Um, well, I am an intuitive healer and author. I have published many personal essays out in the world. And um, I had this idea literally while I was walking out in nature, which is one way I recharge. And how can I get my message out to more people in a way that maybe had never heard of intuitive healing or what it means or how it can help them. And the title is all about who I am and exactly in alignment with what you guys do it's real, not perfect, right? Because the perfection as a goal is ridiculous, right? Like I just, I just can't handle it. Let's hear it for the women who are over 40 and making it happen and living their best life. And, you know, you're not dead after 31. Um, there's so much more to it and we have a different perspective. And that's what this book is about. It's just like, how are you defining yourself? Is it an old definition of something that maybe you should have just let go of? Is it because it's what your family needs? Did you lose yourself along the way. Let's help you reclaim yourself, your voice, and then give you systems and things and exercises to help you sustain it and then be happy because happiness is an option in your life and we just have to go for it. I love what you said about happiness because we need happiness in our world today. And is this your first book, by the way? It's, I know you said you have essays. My but. first full book by myself published. Oh. I've been part of other books. I've been a contributor Wonderful. to other books. Yeah, but this is mine on my own. No, well, I, like, I like the line that you said, you're not dead after 31, because that was really impressive. <laughs> right? I, I, I see all these people like, you know, it's the best under 30 or you're, you're this or you're that. And I'm like, what do you think happens to you after that? You still love everything, right? I still take dance lessons. I still go zip lining. I am, you know, I might hurt a lot more after it, but it's worth every ache and pain. And I have the passion to do it. And, and I think also too, staying really true to yourself of what you love that 
sometimes you've got to pivot maybe the way that you do things. Maybe you've always wanted to do that one thing. And as your, your decades start to stack up, because they do, it's inevitable. We can't change uh, mother time clock. It just doesn't happen or father time clock, however way you want to word it. However, sometimes you just got to pivot a little bit. Maybe, okay, uh, used to play three hours of you know tennis. Well, now we're going to go down to maybe an hour. Maybe not be so aggressive. Love to tap dance like you were sharing this morning. You love to <laughs> tap dance. And well, you know what? I'm in the Northeast or I'm in a cold area. I can't get to the dance studio. The, the virus, whatever is preventing you, well, I got to do a little adaption of how I can actually get into and get and still get my passion going. So I love that, you know, we just, we just got to pivot a little bit. Yeah. If you do yoga, you might need a few blocks. I have enough injuries. African dance is what I really love. My mother is like tap dance. Maybe you won't throw your neck out and your back and maybe you'll be upright more. And I'm like, well, I'm not promising you that because that brings me joy. Any sort of dance is a moment in my life where I'm not in control. I'm not on my phone. No one's asking me where things are. No one's asking me what's for dinner. It's just a hundred percent me freedom, joy. I could be good and bad. I have no expectation. I always want to get better, but I have no expectation of being the best in the room. So like that pressure is off and it's just joy. I mean, I walk into a dance class and this is me. I love that. <laughs> and that brings me back to your book because I, I really feel like there's such an energy connection to that. And I always say that there is a story behind the story. So if one thing that pops or one question that pops in, in my mind is where were you before you decided to write that book before you became, for instance, an intuitive healer? Yeah, I've had quite the journey. Um, I have moved back and forth across the country a few times. I grew up in New York and I always felt like I didn't fit in there though. And I went away to school. And when I graduated college, I had like my first $99 round trip ticket with the first credit card I ever got. And the furthest place I knew to go was California. So I visited a friend. I missed my flight because I was like awesomely 21. Um, and I went there for a weekend and I liked it. And I was like, I always thought California was going to fall into the sea, right? Um, and then I ended up moving out there four months later, left my roommate four months rent, said, see ya, I'm going to the West Coast. My mom and dad were like, what are you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm young. What, what's holding me back? I've always been a why not kind of person, like why not try it? And if it fails, you could try something else. I just had a lot more anxiety around it and fear of not living up to someone's expectations. So I got into film and television. I worked in that for 18 years. I wrote an essay about being sexually harassed on set that went viral like years before me too. So I had quite a journey of discovering my own wounds and how they were affecting how I showed up. I would be devastated if I couldn't please everyone at work. I'd be devastated if I said no to anyone who asked me for help because somehow I was less than because I couldn't do it all. At my starter marriage, I picked the most wounded man on the planet and I thought it was my job to love him to happiness. And all of this 
is crazy BS. It's just not true. You can't help anyone be better, but you can support them in their journey and create a boundary and realize, are they an energy vampire? Are they really taking the love and life out of you? And are you sacrificing to love in order to receive it? And that's a huge thing. I, I love that. So many clients. Like I thought I would have to bleed and I gave up everything I loved. I gave up dancing. I gave up being like gregarious. I had someone at work when I finally got divorced, look at me and say, I forgot your smile. I was like, what this giant thing on my face. And he's like, you haven't smiled in years because my, um, my self-esteem was just pecked away a little at a time. And I let it, I just let it. And I was like, well, it'll get better. It'll get better. But the truth is it won't. It, I had to imagine having a child and ask myself, is this the love I want to teach my child? Is this what a relationship looks like? Is this what a woman is going to be like? And the answers were no, 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 no. And even though I couldn't do it for myself at that time, I knew if it wasn't what I wanted for a family that I had to get help. And that's when I got like some therapy and counseling. And I just slowly put myself back together and reinforced myself and like got back to it. Wow. And I love how you shared the real and raw emotions of what you went through, because a lot of people stay in, in the muck, so to speak. And it's very hard. I know from personal experience, it's very hard to get, pick yourself up and move forward. So hard. And you make some bad choices along the way. Like I always tell people when, if you get the courage to separate, you know, there's a process in getting yourself ready for that, depending on what's going on with your partner. Right. And then there's a process of putting yourself back together and it's not going to happen overnight. It took me years. I mean, my starter marriage was like all together. I always have to include when we just live together and not just the marriage because the married part wasn't very long, but you know, 20, I was there with him from 23 to 28. I was a baby. I didn't really know anything. I was just pretending and practicing being an adult. And I put myself in a really adult situation. And then I had to, you know, figure out how do I leave? Because people stay in what they know, even though what they know doesn't make them happy. Right. And I think people stay for certain, obviously for certain reasons, but normal, even though it's uncomfortable being normal, it's normal. Therefore it is comfortable to a certain yep. degree. So it's, it's almost you know. the reverse. It's the being uncomfortable with being comfortable or vice versa. Yeah. It's super confusing. Right. But it's true. Right. Like I, I have this video on my Instagram feed of, um, a dandelion seed and it was stuck on my roof. My, my husband um, was fixing something on our roof and I was ever so helpful by staring out the window. Anyway, there's this seed and it was stuck to like the tar paper by one single hair. And I videotaped it and I was like, blow away, just let go. Like if you let go, you you'll become something. And this seed it didn't. I think I recorded it for 30 seconds. I got so upset. I think I flung it, even though you don't want those in your lawn. I just wanted that to let go. And that's a lot of the work I do with people is just like, you're holding on to something and it's just, it's just not working. You're not happy. You're have anxiety. You have illness. You are on edge. You are angry all the time. And you don't, you might not know why it's because what you know 
is not working. Mm. Right. And I think you have to, and it's very difficult for someone to, you know, spend that time to you know, kind of digest, you know, where they're at in their mindset and mindset is key, but also really celebrating the different triumphs when you're making those subtle changes that are going to lead you to that big change. And I don't think, and I would say this also probably applies to men, but more so to women that because we are naturally the natural nurturers, the natural caregivers, that God forbid, literally God forbid that we have that moment of uncertainty. Am I in, I am in the right spot. Do I really want to be in this moment? And can I foresee that I'm going to still be in the situation two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, where am I going to be? And I think as each decade that you triumph over your mindset and your vision of where you, you know, really picture yourself from a future perspective, it often changes and you have to reevaluate. It does not mean that, you know, I, I think when you talk about marriage in particular or a relationship for that matter in particular, to try to envision, you know, wh where it's going. Because a lot of times for some people, they really embrace the fact that you know, I got into this relationship. It's really not, it's not serving me anymore. It's not adding value to my life, but that is a much different feeling from just going through that bumpy road or that hard yeah. time. And so you we want to make, right. We want to make sure that we, you know, really take that time to discern, to see how we're feeling and okay, great. And to, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm at the pickleball courts and I've got <laughs> some people that were waiting. I said, I would just go ahead and play. And to really to take that time that we deserve to discern, are we in the right moment? Are we in, is this our time or is it our time, but we've got to really make a change. And that's really hard for people to allow themselves to feel those feelings. Don't you think? Yeah. It's all about feeling your feelings. Like I, I'm saying this and it sounds like it's a overnight process, but it's a process. And like, even when I have clients and they work with me, I give them what I call Holly's healing homework, because you have to do some of the work. I'm not here as an intuitive who can see here and feel things. I am an empath. I you'll come sit in front of me or I will talk on the phone and my body will start going nuts, feeling what's going on in your body because of your emotional state, but it's your emotional state. And I'm here to support you. And you need to take the time. Like some marriages just, you know, or long relationships, they go through rocky periods and you have to be like, is this a thing that I need to fix? Is this a communication thing I need to fix? Or is this relationship kind of done? Those are huge choices. I don't think you should make up your mind in an hour. I think you should definitely take the time. But I also think that people know when they have belittled or put themselves last for too long, that feeling of being last on the list, they're, they're, they have to start with them. And they have to start valuing themselves. They have taught everyone how to treat them. Now they have to learn how to treat themselves different. And when you discover who you are and define yourself on your terms on maybe who you want to become, and maybe that choice wasn't right. Okay. I'm going to have to pivot a little bit. And when you know who you are, then you can make choices. Some people get aggravated with me because they're like, I want to know about this relationship. And I'm like, but it's your feelings. They're like, but they made me mad. I'm like, I hear you, but how do you feel? But they made me mad, but how do you feel? And sometimes it's that wall and I have to figure out how to get past 
I hear you that you're mad. I even understand why you're so mad, but the feeling of mad, there's another feeling in there. And that's what we have to get to. And that's the part of you that needs the healing because maybe you won't be mad and maybe you'll just see the relationship in totally different eyes because you'll be taking care of yourself. Holly, can I ask you a, a question on when did you know that you had this gift? Oh, so I've always had it. I didn't know that everyone else didn't have it. So I, when I was little, I was deathly afraid of the dark um, because I would hear things. And I was very sure, like my, my grandparents gave me like an antique desk chair and there was like a rose carved into the back of it. And every night I covered it because that thing would look at me, it would have faces. And when I was going to bed, I had like an imaginary friend, although I know he wasn't imaginary. And he talked to me about being afraid and made me not feel afraid. And when I was about 12, he said, I have to go. I said, what are you talking about? And he's like, I have to go. People won't understand. You know, you're, you're kind of grown up. I got to go. And then when I called him one night, he just never came back. And then um, I got older and I got sick and I got depressed. Um, and like the short version is I needed to have a hysterectomy. And so my, that energy center, which is like your second chakra, right, was literally removed from my body. And it was insane. And I was in crazy amounts of pain and the world went quiet. Like if you go, I was like, what? Like, I don't hear anything. I don't feel like this love that's always around. I, I couldn't feel it. And then I had to relearn how to make the energy move through my body without that literal physical center in my body. So that's how I figured out. I, I always had the gifts. I used it as a party trick. My husband would call me his witch. We would go places. I go out drinking, <laughs> dead people would show up. I'd be like, oh, so annoying. So, but I've learned to control it. So um, that when I'm out with my friends, I get just to be me, right? And silly and slightly sarcastic. Cause I like that. Um, but when I'm in the room, I'm the best version. Cause I am literally connected to what I call, you know, source and love and the people's guides who want the best for them. Now I have a question about uh, more about the dead people aspect. Yeah. I'm oh, not, this is going to be, a, do like this is gonna be a doozy. I can tell. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. You know, many people I think believe that that's not so, and maybe yeah. don't believe in that, but I really do believe in that. You know, um, I think we told you that our dad recently passed away. It's been, it's been about four or five months. And when I walked through where he lived in our house, I know that he's still there with yeah, me. Yeah, can't you smell him? You can smell I him. I can smell him, and I, but I could also, I hear him say, hi, Jan, and I'll say out loud, hi, daddy. Yeah. And when you say his name, usually I can't feel someone that quick. Like the, I, that sounds very harsh. I don't mean it that way, but that's, that's pretty soon. It usually takes me a little longer because mediumship isn't my strongest gift because I don't enjoy it. So I haven't like really pushed the limits of that one. But for me, um, I can, I feel when you mention him, like he sits in a particular chair or in a particular way. And he looks like he's wearing pajama bottoms, although I don't think they're pajama bottoms. It's so weird. And then, and then, and, and then I can see him like smile and nod as you go by and I can smell him. So I think that's his way of letting you know, I'm all good. That smell part, especially like he had a very particular scent. 
He yeah, did. And yeah. he was always very intuitive to what was going on. And I think that's where all of us, um, the children get that from him, that aspect of it. But I do have some more questions about the dead people. If you don't, <laughs> well, I want to. Have you, you noticed have, any of your pictures moving? Like, has something gone missing or like off? Like, not the way you left it? Yes. Yeah, that's him. Well, I've got a question <laughs> on the pajama bot, bot, bottom. Yes. I think it's actually kind of funny. Is really during the last, probably the last ten days or so, when we realized, you know, he was, you know, he could not get out of bed, and and you know, we were making arrangements. We wanted to be comfortable. Our dad was always very particular that you know pajamas for 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 bedtime, and uh, you know, he always still liked to to wear his either Sunday best or a nice pair of khaki pants or whatnot. So when it came time to really the last couple of weeks that he was going to be uh, in the bed only, we wanted him to to be comfortable, but yet he didn't really want to wear pajama bottoms the whole time. So we came up with, well, how about some, some you know, Patriot, because there's a big Patriot fam or Red Sox, you know, some, some sweatpants. And he had a couple pairs, but eventually we went over to just straight pajama bo bottoms. And for him, that was very I think it was a pivotal moment in his life uh, because he knew I'm I'm not going to dress up anymore, and this is this is this is you know where he I'm at. How I feel it, how he felt that, I feel it different. I feel that he wasn't really there as much. He wasn't. I think there was a lot of pain going on in his body at that point, and I don't I don't feel like I would explain it that his whole soul was in his body. He was getting ready to say goodbye, but he wasn't really there. Right. So. Right. Um, yeah, I would, I would not, I would not worry about that. Like he's, there's no upset about that. This, it's not like that. It's just, that's what he's showing me. So a lot of times they'll show me how they looked in their thirties or forties, you know, cause I think that's when we all think we look our best. Like when my grandmother passed away, I was the last one in, um, the hospital room with her. I just couldn't leave her. I just couldn't. Right. And I was holding her hand, making me cry. And when she passed, I turned and I saw her in a dress that I've never seen her in holding a martini glass that I've never, ever seen her in. And she just, and her hair was bright red and she just raised a glass to me. Like, see, I'm totally crying. Um, we we oh, did hear that. We did yeah. hear that. Somebody had told us in heaven um, from many different sources, I guess you could say that, uh, and I, you know, this would be a, it's a good feeling to to imagine that is when you depart to whatever you believe you're going to depart to that you're in the age category of your 30s and 40s yeah i think for janice he messes with the photos like i like i think he moves things just a little because you like things a particular way but for carol sue i hear a bell or like something with your keys or like it just sounds like sounds like a jingle and that would be what i if you pay attention to that sound i would like let you know that he's near and you would get a that feeling because the, he, yeah i could hear him with a bell or a loud uh a loud banging noise he, he liked jingly uh type noises so i i could hear i could see that for sure and, and he also liked he also liked the bell of uh jan's house ringing the bell yes he did really? he yeah <laughs> loved ringing that bell every time he walked in the house he had he had to be the one to ring it and right. he just enjoyed that so much and yep. 
you know, what better way? And the photo that I'm referring to <clears throat> is near my kickboxing bag. And it's when we were, it's, this was before uh, number six was born. So it's the five children at the time. I'm the youngest one in the pigtails and my brother Victor's behind me pulling my <laughs> pigtails. And every time I go in there, it's, and I fix it. And I come back the next day. Yeah, that's him. But you have his will. You have his, like when, when Carol C was talking about your, the control button thing, whatever, that's like the trait of his that you, I would say, have. Yeah, that's, that's kind of interesting. I love that. So one of my questions and this, I know this is a goofy question. I love goofy. Maybe bizarre. I'm sure it is bizarre, but have you ever been in the grocery line and you're just, you know, you're waiting there, you know, maybe putting the groceries on the belt. Has anybody ever like, no, that person come to you and no, I'm not like Teresa that way. I, it doesn't work that way for me. I think when I didn't have very good control over it, they would show up when I was a little buzzed after a couple of cocktails because then I'm, I was more open. So I think right. when my give really started for that happening, we were out to sushi, my husband and I with one of his friends and his friend's father and brother were behind him and they just wouldn't leave me alone. So it, it would be like, you know, in the Disney, when you go in the haunted house and you go by that mirror thing and you see that yes. it was like that, but in people color. And I was like, oh shit, I've had a couple sakis, you know, what the hell? <laughs> um, and then I, whatever I told him, one of my favorite stories about that is my like she's like my closest friend my critique partner she lives on the opposite coast she's on the west coast and she and I were at a writer's conference and she just told the person next to her that she knew whatever the next question is that someone asks me I'm gonna say yes and um there I was with my glass of wine and I was I just saw her grandfather and I was like do you want to know what I see because I just told people like what I do and sometimes people are really receptive and sometimes they just like scatter. So um, she's like, okay, yes. And then it was her grandfather. I described him and I told her everything he told me and she just freaked out and called her mother. And everything I said to her was a message for her mother. Wow. So but you know how, how comforting that is though. You know? Yeah. But I also don't really remember because I'm channeling. It's not like they're my thoughts and ideas, right? So I'm literally just telling you like what they're saying or what they're showing me. Sometimes I don't understand. One person came to me and I saw this really weird, like knot. I didn't know how to explain it anyway, like roots, whatever. And I described a situation and what it turned out to be was she was clearing out her parents' home who had passed and there was a gas leak. And I described the spot where the gas was leaking. Whoa. Wow crazy right that's crazy uh, so you like I don't you know sometimes people look at me like what are you talking about and then they'll be like oh my god that's what that meant I'm like I don't I don't I don't claim to know every message or the meaning of it but for some of them another girl had come to me because her father had passed away when she was super young and she um didn't really know him and and he came in really clear um and he died saving another person so um so th watching that was, um, was amazing. Why I stopped doing like, mediumship completely in my office is people would want to know how people die. And then I feel it. 
And it's very heavy and very depressing. And I'm not helping you with closure, right? I feel like, like you want a gory detail and I'm right. That's like the opposite of the messages I want to give. I want to help you feel better. So sometimes if um, a relative who I is not an angel, it's a relative, right? That's a different thing. Um, for me, I call it part of your soul group, those people who come in contact with. If they show up at a reading or a healing, I'll let you know. Like a lot of grandparents or parents will show up to give support to give forgiveness, to say, I'm sorry, then I'm all for it. Um, but sometimes I like to say they don't always elevate. And if they were a jerk here, sometimes there's still a jerk if they didn't get their lesson. And then I won't give you a painful message because I just tell them to go away instead. So how would, how would our viewers, our listeners contact you? Super easy. Hollyhughesintuitive.com. I'm also Holly Hughes Intuitive on Instagram and YouTube. So that's where I'm at. I don't um, have a business Facebook page anymore. I just find Instagram easier to communicate with. So I'm pretty receptive. If anyone ever wants to schedule a session, I have a calendar on my website and they could could do it right there. That is so exciting because there's so many people out there that either, like you said, need that closure, have to know that there's something else and uh, I'll share with you a quick little story before before we wind this up and it actually happened the day that our dad passed one of our cousin's wives had gone to some sort of media I'm not sure medium what uh, the person was and when they walked in she went there with her two daughters who did not know that that great uncle Victor had passed away and she had specifically said oh I've got a message uh, uncle Victor wants to to tell Carol Sue, Janice, and Fran a message. Now, our cousin's wife didn't really know who was in the room when my dad had passed. And the two daughters immediately said, you know, they looked like, Ma, Uncle Uncle Vic died? And she's, well, yeah, he passed this morning. I didn't want to say anything. And the message was to tell us that it was like going into another room Um, that he was having lunch with our mom and Autumn Leaves was playing. That was their song. And literally we we got that information probably about maybe about four or five hours after he passed, at least it might've been even a little bit longer. So I can only imagine those people that really, and it was comforting. I'm not going to lie. It was very comforting for us. Obviously the, uh, credentials of that were, were on, on point because we were the three, there's six siblings. Those were the three uh, siblings that were with our dad at that time. And it was like going into the, another room. We, we often talked about after when he passed, how he always would look because the room that he was in was the media room, but his bed was facing where his actual bedroom was. And he would always glance over there all the time. So to hear that, I can truly understand and I hope our viewers and our audience really take heart to that to know that you know there are people like you that are get so gifted that really could provide a sense of comfort a sense of relief a, a sense of knowing that their loved ones are in a good place and you know what you do is so special so impactful to so many people. Oh, thank you so much. I just think it's about love. Like I often like get teary in a, in a healing session because I'm connecting with love, right? So you can call it God. I was told in my book, I use foul language. I say, 
words that I guess an editor is like, you use the F-bomb four times. I was like, in 160 pages, that's nothing, right? Um, or I call someone an a-hole. I'm like, well, they were. So I did, and I'm an adult, and it's a book for grownups. Um, and I mentioned God, and she said all of these things were quite controversial. Um, you can call God whatever you want. If you pray to Jesus, I'm Jewish. People think I'm Buddhist, or I, it, it doesn't matter. It's love unconditional, never ending love. And we're having bad days and I have to do the laundry and I stub my toe and my nail breaks and you get all cranky, like, cause we're human. It's so nice to be able to connect to that, that source of kindness. And that's really what I hope to help people with. It's like, you're going through changes. You have something is wrong and you might not be able to identify what is going on with you. Let me help connect you to your own divinity, your highest self, your unconditional love that's there for you to support you to have that life you want and deserve that one of happiness, right? Like, especially with COVID, right? Like we've all been stuck for a really long time inside these like few walls. And I would just say, if you're sick, stay home, sick, stay home, let the rest of us go about our business already. But we have to make the choice of turning off the fear, right? Like, so that's dark energy that has, that took over all of our lives. Fear, 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 fear feeds on fear. It'll just grow. It's time to like, say, shut up, go back in your dark hole we're done with you and we're going to take care of ourselves and be responsible. I'm not telling you to be a wing nut, but you know, there there's somewhere in the middle. I keep feeling like one of your siblings is not doing well with your, your father's passing though. I just think you should check up on them. Thank you. I, I think I know who you're, you're referencing. Um, and I appreciate that message. And we just want to thank you so much for, coming on today you have an amazing gift mm -hmm. and sharing what you are passionate about as we share what we're passionate about and on that note my name is Janice and we are with Holly Hughes and she has a book coming out February 21st mm -hmm. real not perfect and Holly if you wouldn't mind at some point it, when it goes live let us it's know it's live now it went up oh, it early is. Even though the launch date is 22121 and they told me it would take two weeks, it went up in 48 hours. Wow, wow. that is fantastic. So okay. if you'd be so kind, send us a link for that and we'll okay. put that on, on our page. We would love to uh, help you out with that and okay. you know get those numbers up there for sure. Thank you. You're very welcome. And we would love to do a follow-up podcast with you. That's and on so that funny. note- You guys are amazing. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. We so enjoyed having you on. My name is Janice, AKA Wellness Diva 3.0, and I am with two sisters. And this is Carol Stewart, AKA Nani Boss, Lady Cannon Live from Vero Beach. Pickleball, you gonna get my pickleball on. What are you gonna triumph over today? Remember triumph, the triumphs are little, they're, they're big. Whatever they are, celebrate them, celebrate you. We are so thankful that you all got to really listen to, to Holly and share her gift reach out to her. You just never know, right? And with that, we will see you tomorrow on Wealth Wellness Wednesday. This is Carol Sue. Bye-bye, everyone. Have a great Tuesday. Bye, everyone. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow.